Mr. Van Robay, you have dealt with a lot of crises and big crises at your time as president of the European Council. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that the crisis of our time, the pandemic, and of course the war in Ukraine, are, are causing a lot of trouble, of course, in the EU, but are they endangering EU? Do you feel that maybe EU will, will suffer from this crisis or will things get better? Mm -hmm. for the EU. I mean, the member states will communicate better, we will find uh, solutions for all the member states and it will be found in Brussels mm -hmm. uh, from the European institutions. Mm -hmm. Every crisis is uh, a special crisis. So you cannot compare the Covid crisis with the Eurozone crisis, you cannot compare Ukraine with the refugee crisis. So it is always very specific. Uh, but in the Eurozone crisis, I had to manage, together with the other leaders, of course, it was about the, not only the survival of the, the Euro, of the common currency, it was about the survival of the European Union. If the Eurozone would have collapsed, I think that the European Union also would have disappeared. So it was a, an existential crisis. Uh, and we overcame that existential crisis. Ukraine is a totally different one. In Ukraine, of course, the, the enemy is outside the, the European Union. Uh, and what we, what we have to do is to give, uh, together with the United States, an, an answer, a response, a reaction uh, to something unbelievable, uh, an invasion of uh, another country by a neighboring country. So what we did is to help Ukraine, Ukraine, with which we have an association agreement. I negotiated that association agreement in 2014. So they're very close to us. Now they are even a candidate country, candidate member of the European Union. So, uh, and th that is not threatening the European Union. I would even say, because there is a common enemy, it is strengthening the European Union. And what we did in, uh, after the 24th of February, after the beginning of the invasion, was take an unprecedented uh, uh, series of measures, uh, including Germany, including France, including many other countries, and they had to overcome taboos. But we did it. We did it. So I'm not, uh, I have no fears about the survival of the European Union in this crisis, but of course, when tens of thousands of people are killed, mostly innocent people, so that is something that is much bigger, much sadder uh, than, than, than just the survival of the European Union, so to speak. Now, now I'm exaggerating a little bit, uh, but the human suffering is much, much higher than any suffering of an institution can be. So, do you believe that the greatest threat for the EU uh, is not the war, but maybe it's what is happening inside the states of the EU? I mean, we see that the inequalities rise. We see the rise of far-right parties and of fascist parties. Mm -hmm. um, people feel disconnected from the EU sometimes. I mean, European citizens, uh, they are afraid and now they have more fear because of the winter coming, because of the energy crisis and because of the war and people getting killed in European soil. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that the EU can do something about that, can, can make uh, its citizens even more safe? Mm -hmm. 
So you are absolutely right. In many of our member states, uh, populism is on the rise and also the belief in democratic values. But it's a minority in almost all of the countries. It's a minority. And even where there is a majority of populist parties, uh, just recently you had the elections in Italy, the populist parties, uh, they are not asking anymore to leave the European Union. That was the case a few years ago. Ital exit, uh, ne uh, exit of the, of the Netherlands out of the European Union, uh, in France was Le Pen, the Frexit. No populist party is mentioning anymore leaving the European Union. And even uh, when I look at the, and, and, and listen to the latest declarations of the, the winners of the Italian elections, uh, they are very adamant to say, don't worry, uh, we will stay in the Eurozone. Uh, we will have a very moderate fiscal policy. Uh, we will take the sanctions against Russia and so on. So don't forget that Europe is a big constraint also for populist policies. They can win the elections, but the day after uh, they have to, uh, to be part of a bigger game. And the bigger game is the European Union. Of course, I'm worried about what's happening in some of the countries, but at the same time, you have to acknowledge that they are a minority in most of the countries and where they are a majority, they have to comply with the EU rules and the EU framework. So do you think that um, United Kingdom leaving European Union is a great loss for us and for them also? It is a setback for the European Union, of course. Uh, it is a loss, uh, but those who are suffering most are the Brits themselves. When I see what the mess is now inside uh, the UK, also with their health service, they have no nurses, not enough doctors and so on. Uh, so the, economically speaking, uh, it's a, a catastrophe. They are performing the worst in the, in the European, not in the European Union because they are no member anymore, the worst in Europe, uh, so to speak. Uh, so they, they, uh, there's a self-inflicted pain. Huh? Of course, for us, it is a loss because the UK is a big country uh, with a, a great history. They, they, they are a nuclear power. We are cooperating with them uh, in the war uh, in Ukraine, uh, helping uh, the Ukrainian army and helping the Ukrainian people. Uh, but for the, for the time being, uh, Brexit is a fact of life uh, and it, it will be there for, for quite some time. Of course, we hope that one day uh, Britain will return to the European Union family, um, but that is not on the agenda uh, today. And my last question is about um, the veto power in the European Union. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it is something that we can discuss after the end of the war, but I want to ask you, um, is it something that helps EU or is it a setback for the EU in general, yeah. as, as a union, not as what every member state believes uh, it, it has to do with mm. its national uh, interests. Yeah, of course, it is a difficult rule huh, to get an agreement with uh, 27 countries, but it is even more complicated. Mm, you know that very well. Yeah, I know that very well. Uh, but we managed to do so. Uh, but uh, let me first say that it is even more complicated uh, than, than it appears at first sight. Why? Because in almost all of our uh, member states, we have coalition governments. 
So we have not only 27 leaders around the table, we have 80, 90 political parties around the table. And they all have to agree. And they all have to agree. Uh, but as far as I can see in the last 15 years, and we went through many crises, unanimity has not prevented us to take the necessary measures. So uh, I, I would have preferred uh, a, a more flexible um, decision-making process, um, but it, it is what it is, and we managed to overcome almost all the crises. It took some time. Uh, overcome all the crises with this unanimity rule. But I'm, I'm very convinced that the day that we again enlarge the European Union, and so we are negotiating with a lot of countries and now also with Ukraine. With uh, the Balkans. With the Balkans, we are already doing so. So when new, when new members would join us later on, we have uh, to, to change the, the decision-making decision process inside the European Union. And we have to prepare it. We have not to wait until the negotiations uh, come to a conclusion. We have to think about and to work on it. If there is one uh, modification of and uh, one change in the treaties that I would prefer already now, is that instead of in this dilemma, uh, unanimous decisions or a qualified majority, let's say a two-third majority, in order to overcome this dilemma, you could agree on, on a very simple rule that, for instance, one or two countries cannot block a decision of the European Union. That is a, a compromise proposal that is not, not going uh, so far as we will replace the unanimity by, uh, by qualified majority. Uh, it's a, a minor reform, but it can be very effective. It can be very effective. But again, in my time uh, in office and, and even later on, the major crisis we had to face, we overcame them with this difficult unanimity rule. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Van der Bye.